Thank you so much for joining us for Ankeny Gospel Church Podcast. On this podcast, you can find sermons, classes, and other resources that continue to invite us into the mission of Jesus and the journey of faith. We hope this is a blessing to you, and if we can help you in any way, feel free to reach out. Hello and welcome to the Study Notes podcast. My name is Parker McGoldrick, one of the pastors at Ankeny Gospel Church. I'm going to try to not say my P's so uh, loudly because this microphone really pops. So sorry. Sorry if that bothers you, Um, but uh, bear with me. Um, on su- this is the Study Notes podcast, and as promised, uh, on Sunday I talked about, in the sermon, I talked about doing this podcast to give you some insight into Psalm 112, which, if you haven't had a chance to listen to that sermon, uh, you can go on this podcast and listen to that. It'll be under Psalm 112. It'll be the one that either right under this, so like right before this. We continued our series in True Flourishing um, on Psalm 112, and we talked about the fear of the Lord. And in that uh, sermon, I mentioned there were some connections, some connections to Psalm 1. Psalm 112 has connections to Psalm 1 and uh, Genesis 1. So that's what we're going to explore today. Um, Before we do, though, I would like to, one, read the psalm. And then two, talk about a hermeneutical tool that we can use, which I'll explain what that is in a second. But I'm going to read the psalm, and it's I'm reading the CSB, uh, just in case you don't have it in front of you, if you don't have the text in front of you, which if you can have the text in front of you, I would highly recommend doing that, um, especially be, uh, especially a book, like the Bible in book form, because then you can uh, go back to Psalm 1 and Genesis 1, and you can have your finger you know, in each of the spots, and you can flip, 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 and it'll be cool. But anyway, um, Psalm 112 says this, Hallelujah. Happy is the person who fears the Lord, taking great delight in his commands. His descendants will be powerful in the land. The generation of the upright will be blessed. Wealth and riches are in his house, and his righteousness endures forever. Light shines in the darkness for the upright. He is gracious, compassionate, and righteous. Good will come to the one who lends generously and conducts his business fairly. He will never be shaken. The righteous one will be remembered forever. He will not fear bad news. His heart is confident, trusting in the Lord. His heart is assured he will not fear. In the end, he will look in triumph on his foes. He he distributes freely to the poor. His righteousness endures forever. His horn will be exalted in honor. The wicked one will see it and be angry. He will gnash his teeth in despair. The desire of the wicked leads to ruin. Okay, I'm pumped. Okay, a few things. One first, hermeneutical tool. Hermeneutical tool. Hermeneutics is just a fancy way to say study the Bible. And um, studying the Bible is not like studying other um, literature or books or articles. Like you don't just read a few articles on it and you get it. Like there are actual things that you that are right tools and wrong tools. You're not going to use a hammer to dig a hole to plant a tree. At least I hope you're not. If you do, you're going to be in a lot of pain. In the same way, just reading, like there are some good ways and bad ways to read the Bible. Anyway, one of the best ways to understand what the Bible is talking about is uh, what I like to call hyperlinks. Actually, I don't like to call it. Well, I do like to call it that, but I didn't come up with it. Um, the Bible Project, uh, Tim Mackey, who's a scholar at the Bible Project, he kind of came up with it. He popularized it. I should popularized it. I should say. But the idea, of, the, the idea of hyperlinks is, if you're reading an article, 
and you see something that's blue and underlined, you know that if you click that, it's going to bring you to another article. And you're going to be able to read that article as like background for what this is talking about. You know what I'm saying? Uh, the Bible does the exact same thing. We just don't click it all the time. Like if the Bible, if, if modern technology uh, was available to the biblical authors, I promise you, I promise you every single word would be blue and underlined. Maybe except Genesis 1 because that's where everything starts, right? But like every single word. So the point is, is that there is so much more going on in every single passage than meets the eye, which is part of why it's the, the Bible is meant to be read over and over and over again, because the more you read it, the more you see the connections, the more you see the blue underline hyperlinks, the more you're like, oh my goodness, that connects with this. And this is what that means. And that's what this means, et cetera, et cetera. So that's the first thing, uh, uh, hermeneutical tool and it's, it's hyperlinks. So basically that's what we're doing with Psalm 112. Excuse me. <clears throat> That's what we're going to do with Psalm 112 today. Um, because there are some times in sermons where it's applicable and it's proper and it's appropriate to do stuff like that. And then there are other times in sermons where it's not. So um, last week we didn't have the time to, to do that. So first, first things first. Uh, cool little fact about Psalm 112 is in Hebrew, it's an acrostic poem. So each half of a verse is a letter like starts with the letter of the alphabet so like you know the equivalent of a b c d right an acrostic uh, acrostic poem um it does that in psalm 112 so each half of a verse it starts you know the first half of verse one starts with a the second half of verse one starts with b etc etc and then it goes all the way down so that's just kind of cool uh psalm 111 the psalm right before it also is an acrostic which there's a lot there but we don't have time to get into that now so uh it's an acrostic that's uh, just, there you go. Now you know that Psalm 112 is an acrostic poem. Second thing, the first connection with um, Psalm 1 is the very first word of Psalm 1, which uh, is in English, is the CSB, is happy. We've talked about this word in Hebrew. It's ashrei, ashrei, A-S-H-R-E-Y, which is actually where, if you know anybody named Asher, uh, Asher comes from that word, happy or blessed or um, whole. Uh, so the first word of Psalm 1, the entire Psalter opens up with this word, ashrei. And it says, ashrei ha'ish, happy is the man, happy is the person. Well, look at Psalm 112. The first word is hallelujah, because this is a hallelujah psalm. But what's the next word after that? Ashrei ha'ish, happy is the man, happy is the person. So Psalm 1 opens up with ashrei ha'ish, happy is the person. And Psalm 112 opens up with ashrei ha'ish, happy is the the person. So they both open with the exact same words, two words, ashrei, happy, and then ish or ha'ish, which is the, per the person. Next, they both end with the exact same word. If you remember um, in the, if you remember in the other, I think it's the most, the next most recent study notes podcast when we talked about Psalm 1, I talked about how um, Psalm 1 starts, the first word starts with the letter equivalent to A, and the last word starts with the letter Z. So basically like A to Z, like you're the beginning to the end, this is wisdom for life. Happy is the one who uh, meditates on the law of the Lord. Like this is the beginning and the end, and it ends with the word, the way of the, the, way of the wicked will perish. Well, look at Psalm 112. Look at the very end of Psalm 112. The way, of, sorry, the desire of the wicked leads to ruin. In Hebrew, guess what? It's the exact same word that ends with Psalm 1. 
So Psalm 1 ends with the word perish or ruin, and Psalm 112 ends with the exact same word, perish or ruin, which starts with the very last letter of the alphabet, which makes sense because remember Psalm 112 is an acrostic, so it starts with the very last letter of the alphabet. So basically Psalm 1 and Psalm 112 saying, do you want to know the way to life, like the A to Z of life, like everything that you need to know of life? Well, it's the person who's happy and blessed by the Lord because they delight in the law of the Lord, Psalm 1, and because they fear the Lord, Psalm 112. And they both end in the same way. The opposite of that leads to ruin, to te'aved, which is the uh, Hebrew word for that. Leads to ruin, which leads to uh, perish, which leads to destruction. So that's connection number one. Connection number two, or sorry, that's connection number two. Connection number one is it starts the word ashray, which is happy um, or blessed. And then connection number two is it starts... Uh, the A disease. They both start with the first letter of the alphabet and they both end with that word perish or wicked or ruin or uh, destruction, which is equivalent to uh, Z. That's a second connection. Third connection. Look at verse uh, Psalm 112. Look at verse, um, well, if you're looking at verse, at the verses. Uh, oh, it's verse one. I was looking for it after that. Uh, it's in verse one. Uh, hallelujah. Happy is the person who fears the Lord. And then look what it says. Taking great delight in his commands. Taking great delight in his commands. Do you remember what Psalm 1 says about the happy person? Verse two, Psalm 1 verse 2. The happy person's delight is in the Lord's instruction. My goodness. Do you see it? Delight and delight. Delight of Psalm 112. This person's delight is in the commands of the Lord. And then Psalm 1, this person's delight is in the law of the Lord. Psalm 1 goes on to say that you meditate on it, and when you meditate on it, you become a tree, which we're going to talk about in a second. But all that to say is that's a third connection. The, the, this person has their delight in the commandments of the Lord and their delight in the law of the Lord, the exact same word in Hebrew, and it is not a coincidence that it's the same word. It is absolutely trying to get you to think about, when you're reading Psalm 112, the author of Psalm 112 wants you to think about Psalm 1. When you th read, uh, you know, Ashrei Ha'ish, happy is the person. When you read the last word, which is the way of the wicked and the desire of the wicked will perish, will lead to ruin, will lead to destruction. And then when you read the word, his delight is in the commandments of the Lord and his delight is in the law or instruction of the Lord. An that's just another connection. Next, I mentioned tree. This is where Genesis 1 comes in. Genesis 1, 2, and 3 actually come in. And this is, we're getting, we're really getting into, it's like Inception right now. Like, it's one thing to have a connection to another psalm. It's another thing to have another connection to a different passage of scripture. This is where it gets really good, as if it wasn't already. <clears throat> um, the, the connection, okay, so Psalm 1 and Psalm 112 are clearly connected. They start the exact same way. The, they end the exact same way. They talk about delighting in the law and the instruction and the commandments of the Lord in the exact same way. And then they talk about, too, they talk about the, the benefits of, of following the Lord, right? So it's no secret that Psalm 112 and Psalm 1 are connected. Now, Psalm 1, if you remember from the last study notes, Psalm 1 is connected to Genesis 1. How? Psalm 1 talks about a tree of life, right? Psalm 1 says that the person who uh, delights in the law of the Lord and meditates on it day and night will be like a tree planted besides flowing, beside flowing streams, 
Okay, that those that language there in the Hebrew is exactly the same as Genesis two, technically, where the tree is planted by streams, by rivers, and then this tree, Psalm one, bears its fruit in its season. Interesting. What does Genesis one and Genesis two say? The Lord is commanding the the trees to bear fruit in their seasons, and then this tree's leaf does not wither, according to Psalm one. What is the tree of life in Genesis two except a tree that will never die? So Psalm 1 is clearly connected with Genesis 1 and 2 and the creation and the person who, who uh, uh, lives well with the Lord. And then by, by uh, Psalm 112 alluding to Psalm 1, it therefore alludes to Genesis 1 and 2. Does that make sense? So if you're reading Psalm 112, say you're an ancient Israelite, you have pretty much the entire Torah memorized. You have most of the Psalms memorized, or at least you sing them every single week in, in uh, synagogue. You're reading Psalm 112, or you're singing Psalm 112, or you're listening to Psalm 112, and all of a sudden these words uh, stand out to you that you're like, oh my goodness, that is, that's Psalm 1. I know those passages. That's Psalm 1. Well, then your mind goes to Psalm 1. And when your mind is in Psalm 1, where is Psalm 1 pointing you? Genesis 1 and 2. Okay, so now I started in Psalm 112, I went to Psalm 1, and now I'm all the way back at Genesis 1 and Genesis 2. So now I'm going to go forward. I'm going to go Genesis 1 and 2, and then I'm going to go Psalm 1, and then I'm going to go Psalm 112. And you see the relationship there? But wait, there's more. If you have Psalm 112 open up, look at verse 4. Psalm 112, verse 4. Light shines in the darkness for the upright. Come on. Come on. Do you see it? Light shining in the darkness what happened in Genesis 1? Light shined, shined, shone, shone, shined in the darkness, right? Let there be light, and there was light, and God separated the light from the darkness, and the darkness he called night, and the light he called day. Genesis 1 is talking, so, so not only does Psalm 112 lead you to Psalm 1, and then Psalm 1 leads you to Genesis 1 and 2, but also Psalm 112 itself leads you to Genesis 1, where God in his, in his uh, power, in his creative power, is bringing light into darkness. Now, here's what it's cool. Here's what's cool is that it's saying, Psalm 112 is saying, yes, God's, this is a clearly an allusion to Genesis 1 and God's creative power. But look at what it's saying. It's not describing God in Psalm 112. It's describing the person who fears God, the person who fears the Lord. So what Psalm 112 is doing in that moment is saying, yes, obviously God and his creative power brings light in the darkness. But when you fear the Lord, you also get to participate in the same things that the Lord is doing. Just like Psalm 1, when you meditate on the law of the Lord, you actually become a tree of life. You become a source of life to others. You yield your fruit in your season and your leaf doesn't wither. You're by streams of water so you have a source of life and you give fruit and shade to others so you are a source of life. In the same way, Psalm 112, uh, light shines in the darkness. Yes, it's God cre God's creative power, but it's also you, believer, one who fears the Lord. You actually become creative. You get to participate in God's creative, life-giving power to others because you yourself have a source of life. Come on. And then why do you think Jesus says, let your light shine before men? He's not just talking about like, you know, this little light of mine that you need to like be more like Jesus. He's saying, no, 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 you are actually participating in God's creative power and you are able to bring light into the darkness because you are upright, or rather you, you fear the Lord. Okay, so nerding out, uh, 
so far we have you know all the hyperlinks you know we can see that and then psalm 1 clearly points you back to or i'm sorry psalm 112 clearly points you back to psalm 1 because the first it start has the same first word it has the same last word it's a to z it's happy uh, and then that word delight in the middle delighting in the law of the lord delighting in the commandments of the lord and then Psalm 1 pushes you to Genesis 1, but also Psalm 112 pushes you to Genesis 1 and 2 with light and the darkness and the trees and all these things. And then last one, I promise, last one. Uh, the end of Psalm 112 contrasts the way of the wicked uh, with the way of the righteous, the one who fears the Lord. So this is uh, Psalm 112, verse 10. The wicked one will see it, i.e. they'll see the, um, mm, excuse me, They'll see the Lord's favor on the righteous one. Um, so the wicked will see it and be angry. Oh, they'll be so angry. He will, this wicked person, will gnash his teeth in despair. And then listen to this. The desire of the wicked leads to ruin. That's an interesting word, desire, there. But what it is uh, clearly, again, this is another hyperlink. Every word is hyperlinked. The desire of the wicked leads to ruin. Do you guys remember what it was said about uh, Eve when she took of the fruit in Genesis 3? She saw the fruit and she saw that it was desirable to make one wise. So she took it and she ate it. The word desire is used in Genesis 3. So what does the enemy do? He plays to our desires. And then look at Psalm 112, verse 10. The desire of the wicked leads to ruin. Well, what happened in Genesis 3? Adam and Eve saw it, they desired it, and it led to what? Life or death? It led to death. It led to ruin. It led to destruction. The end was sure. The end was sure, and it was death. The desire of the wicked leads to ruin. Genesis 3, Eve desired the fruit or she saw the fruit, she saw that it was desirable to make one wise, and then she took and ate it. So the whole point being, Psalm 112 has so many connections with Psalm 1, which has so many connections with Genesis 1 and 2, but Psalm 112 by itself also has connections with Genesis 1, Genesis 2, and Genesis 3. Now the whole point of this isn't just to have an intellectual exercise, although that's fun, uh, the whole point of this is to do what? To become a person who fears the Lord so that right, so that light shines in the darkness, that we will not fear bad news. Our heart will be assured. We'll distribute freely to the poor. I'm just reading the, the psalm right now. And then we become the type of person who, who, isn't, who isn't led to ruin. We are not like the wicked people who have our desires that lead us to ruin. And the enemy wants, only wants to play on our desires. He wants to give us disordered desires. That's what Tim Keller was all about, really. Just showing you how... Uh, the enemy takes good desires, but he distorts them. And that's exactly what happened in Genesis 3 with uh, the serpent deceiving Adam and Eve. That's exactly the opposite of what you're supposed to do in Psalm 1. And it's also the exact opposite of what you're supposed to do in Psalm 112, where the wicked, uh, I'm sorry, the desire of the wicked leads to ruin. That's all I have. Uh, I hope that's helpful. Hope that's uh, instructive. Um, here's another uh, point. I mentioned this at the very beginning of this. The point of the Bible is pretty much to just read it over and over again. Um, so this isn't something that you should be like, oh, I now understand Psalm 112, and I can go on my weary, my weary may, my merry way. No, this is definitely for, if anything, I hope this whets your appetite to want to read more to want to read Psalm 112 more and actually memorize Psalm 112. I'm in the process of memorizing Psalm 112 right now myself. 
and it's just it's just it never runs dry i just that's the only way i can describe it the word of the lord never runs dry so hope that's helpful uh hope you can memorize it and think about it and talk about it and write it on your doorposts and do all of the things that lead to life lead to the fear of the lord so that we can be in the presence of god just like um just like genesis 1 and 2 um thank you uh for listening and I pray, continually pray, that we at AGC would become disciples who seek the presence of God, are formed into the image of Jesus, and live on mission for the renewal of the city. Thanks. Bye. Thanks again for listening, and we pray this was a blessing to you. If you have any questions or comments about what you heard, our email is info at or you can find us on social media at Gospel. Thank you.